My name is Aaron Molesky, and uh, it is a joy to be with you guys this morning. Uh, Gary is away, just taking some time with his family, taking a little, bit of, uh, little break. And so we just want to bless him and his wife and his family, that they just have a good weekend of rest and uh, as they've served so well here uh, over the years. And so I know a lot of other people are probably out enjoying this beautiful weekend. And so, um, yeah, and I hope you as well enjoy an incredible weekend, get some rest and rejuvenate um, with the plans and purposes that God has for you and your family. Um, I can say this is my first time ever preaching from the side of a lorry. And so I'm thankful for new opportunities uh, that continually get thrown at me uh, here being a part of the journey. And I know uh, that God is going to continually throw all of us into more and more opportunities as we continually say yes to him. Uh, And I'm excited this morning. I'm going to be bringing uh, just a short word to you guys this morning. And I'm going to share about some of those times that whenever we say yes to Jesus, he begins to, um, I need to turn this off. Whenever we say yes to Jesus, uh, he begins to do uh, things in our lives that we never expected. Uh, the miraculous comes. Um, the supernatural comes. Um, and, uh, and so I'm going to share a little bit about that this morning, uh, which I'm really excited about. But right now what we're going to do is we're just going to take a moment and uh, we're going to continue on in worship. Uh, we're going to worship by giving this morning with tithes and offerings. I've got a rubbish bin here. And um, actually, would you? I'm going to do this here because I'm going to lose my spot. There we go. Uh, this is not for rubbish this morning, okay? So uh, Isaac here, a good, good man here, uh, he's going he's gonna to come around with this bin. Uh, if you have uh, and you want to give this morning, just give Isaac a little wave, and we're going to throw tithes and offerings in there if you like. Of course, if you're watching online this morning, you can give online, and even if you're sitting here this morning, you can give online as well. I believe there will be instructions right on the screen where you guys can give. And so, um, again, it should be a joy for us to give. The, the, the Word of God tells us that the, that the Lord loves cheerful givers. Why? Because we're not giving out of obligation. We're not even giving out of guilt. And honestly, if, if anything that we do as we follow Jesus is ever done out of obligation or guilt, then it's, off, it's actually a good opportunity for us just to hold what it is that's in our hands or in our lives and then ask the Lord to come in and do a greater work in our hearts. Because once we get a glimpse of the beauty of Jesus, then we should joyfully want to give of everything that we have to him. So I'm just going to pray as we continue to give. And uh, you can even continue. The guys are going to lead us in another song as we worship here. And Isaac, is uh, he's young enough. He can keep going and walking in as many circles as we need to this morning. So let's just give a, um, uh, let's just pray right now. So Father, we love you. We thank you so much for the beauty of your son, Jesus. We thank you for the beauty of this day that reminds us of the beauty of Jesus. And God, we just thank you that we can even gather in this way today, maybe untraditional. But God, I'm thankful because sometimes it's the traditions that uh, get changed that actually open up our hearts to experience you in new ways. And so God, I come expectant today. I come expectant, um, God, to receive from you, to receive from your spirit. And, And we come expectant to watch your hand be outstretched this morning in our lives and in the lives of the people that you've put us in context with. So God, we just we just continue to love you. We love you by giving uh, through our finances, God, this morning. Would you take those and multiply those in Jesus' name? We just lift those before the throne of heaven. God, may they be a, a beautiful incense unto you as this is a, just a way that we can praise you and thank you this morning for the good work that you've done. God, use these 
well beyond and above anything that we could ever ask or imagine for the furthering of the kingdom and the glory of Jesus. It's in your, it's in your name that we pray. Amen.
this morning, Father, because it's powerful. Lord, we just praise you this morning. We say, Jesus, you reign. Jesus, come to this place and take the throne, Lord God. We thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Is this the official one here? Is this this is <laughs> make sure. it, it is bigger. I do appreciate that. Thank you, Isaac. All right, Simon, Van, thank you guys for leading us in worship this morning. Appreciate that. Um, man, it is so beautiful this morning. Uh, you guys all know I'm not from here. Uh, I was just saying a little bit ago. I was like, every time the sun comes out here, I'm like cancel all the plans, let's get outside, like, you know what I mean, so I'm just, like, loving this, I feel like it's a gift, and uh, so anyways, but uh, our family's been here over a year now, it's hard to believe, but um, we have just absolutely enjoyed it, and we've absolutely enjoyed um, meeting so many of you, and uh, journeying with Jesus with so many of you, it's just been a joy, and I'm excited about the days to come, Um, you know, Gary, uh, and I have been preaching through the book of Acts now for the last couple weeks, and we're going to kind of continue on with that. Um, And uh, Gary and I were chatting with uh, a few days ago, and we were talking about this coming Sunday, and I told him, I was like, hey, Gary, I think last Sunday, uh, when he he didn't have the good weather, (laughs) but I did, Uh, but I was like, hey, you know, when you you got rained on, you said something pretty profound, and it was, um, he said, I really believe that this is going to be a summer of testimony. And I don't know if, if you all were here or not and, and heard that, but uh, the Spirit of God really struck me when he said that. It was going to be a summer of testimony. So I was telling him as I was thinking about it and praying about uh, this, this message this week that what I wanted to do was just share um, some more testimony <clears throat> of what God has done and what he's doing uh, in our life and in the lives of uh, those around us. And so I'm going to get to that, but at first I want to just kind of look at a passage here out of the book of Acts, and now we've already kind of covered Acts chapter 1, but if you've got your Bibles or your phones there, just go ahead and, um, and open to Acts chapter 1, because I want to look at uh, verse 6. Uh, actually, we're going to jump back to verse 4 and then go through verse 8 here. And then I want to just, again, share some testimony of what Jesus has done, um, because what I hope and pray this morning is, is that our faith will increase. One of the most incredible things that happens when we share the testimony of Jesus, like faith begins to rise. We begin to expect things. We begin to expect him to move in beautiful, beautiful ways. You know, as, as you look at the book of Acts, which I'm guessing a lot of you are familiar with, and if you're not, that's okay. 
But one of the easy themes that we catch, I mean, it's right out in your face, is that the book of Acts is, is, a, is just story after story after story of God putting his own spirit in you and I, in human flesh. That was his desire. It's been his desire to be that intimate with us since Adam and Eve, since the Garden of Eden, since the beginning of time. And so we see what happens when God comes and resides in men and women and children. And so, as we've mentioned before, a lot of times you could probably call the book of Acts the Acts of the Holy Spirit. Because all we have to do is look real quick at our own lives and look at the lives of the people around us and go, these kinds of stories that we read about in the Bible, these kinds of miracles, these kinds of supernatural things that come with following Jesus because um, he is supernatural, uh, the things that come with that cannot be done by human flesh. That's what makes them supernatural. But when we follow Jesus, we step into another realm. We step into a realm where the possibilities are endless. We step into a realm when even things like death no longer has the last word. So even when things like death come upon us, in Jesus, there's actually another opportunity. There's another play at hand. There's another move. There's, a, there's another hope. There's something that it can be resurrected because we follow Jesus and because Jesus himself is the resurrected one. It's a supernatural religion, and we should expect it uh, when we follow Jesus. So out of uh, Acts chapter 1, this is right as Jesus was ascending into heaven. Uh, he said this, one of the last things he said to his followers. Uh, verse 4. Gathering them together, Jesus commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised. Which, he said, you heard of me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they were asking him, saying, Lord, is it at this time you are restoring the kingdom to Israel? Now, I want to pause there real quick because I think that's really uh, interesting. There are a lot of folks today asking that question. Maybe some of you have asked that question over the last couple months. With the events that are, have transpired in our world today, uh, with this virus that has gone global, that's impacted everyone, that's impacted uh, us in uh, some more than others, but in economic ways, in personal ways. Maybe some of you have lost friends or loved ones um, uh, to the virus. Um, again, other issues rising up in the world, you know, especially you see a lot of it in the states with racism and prejudices and even challenging the way that culture has always been for years and years and years. A lot of people are starting to ask questions like the disciples asked Jesus. Jesus, is this the end? Like, is this when you are going to now restore the, the kingdom of Israel? Because that's what they were asking. They were saying, is this the end of the, of, of the time? Is this the end of days? And how Jesus responds, I think, is very interesting because he doesn't really tell them that the subject of their question is wrong. He, he doesn't. All we have to do is look back at Matthew chapter 24, and you will see Jesus just articulate, uh, you know, one sign after another sign, after another message, after another message of saying, hey, the end of the days will come, and this is what it's going to look like. Okay? And so it's, it's not that it's a bad question, but I believe what Jesus is doing here I think is relevant for us today and even right now. 
Because as many of us ask going, are these the beginning of the birth pangs? Well, they might be. This might be the beginning of the birth pangs of the return of Jesus. But as Jesus followers, none of that should actually worry us. And this is a different sermon. None of that should actually worry us. That should actually get us excited. Because our Savior is coming to restore everything in heaven on earth to the way that it was intended to be since the beginning of time. And when we follow him and when we're guided by him, we know that his hand will be upon us. And we know that things that even like death no longer have the last word on our life. And so therefore, things like fear and those kinds of things can begin to be removed from our lives. But Jesus here answers them in a very unique way. And it's not like he's saying, hey, again, it's not important to ask yourself these kinds of questions. But what I want you to do is focus on the present. And that's what I want to do right now. So this is how he responds. Hey, hey, Jesus, is this the end of the time? Is this it? Is this when this is going to happen? And he says, it is not for you to know the times or the epochs which the Father has fixed by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest parts of the earth. Again, not a bad question. Not something, he wasn't redirecting them. Well, I guess he was redirecting them. He wasn't rebuking them for asking that question, but what he was telling them was, this is what I'm doing right now. And the last time I looked at my, uh, at the cosmic, cosmic, cosmic time watch, we're still living in these days. We're still living in these days when Jesus speaks and says, I'm still pouring out my spirit because what I'm focused on is what I want you to be focused on. And I want you to receive power from on high so that you will be my witnesses to the ends of the earth. Don't you think that's an important message for all of us to hear in this in this hour right now? Like, and I, I just dare to say it and to challenge us to consider that, that Jesus is saying, this is what I want you to, to be doing, even in the midst of all of the calamity. And again, this is not the only place in the scripture that we see this. You look at the book of Revelation, you look at other passages, the, the Old Testament prophecies, you look at these things, and as, as the world gets tough, and as the tough gets going, the bride of Christ begins to shine like no other. The bride of Christ begins to live out their witness and shine brighter than they ever have shined before. Because they are ones that are responding to what Jesus said even 2,000 years ago when they said, is this the end of the days? Well, again, you know, it's okay to think about that. But more, think about, Holy Spirit, we love you. We honor you. Would you endow us with power so that we can bear witness to you, to the world around us that is asking more questions than ever before? Is there an answer? Is there a God? Is there a solution to the things that this world is going through? And he's called you and I to bear witness to resurrection power. He's called you and I to bear witness that Jesus is alive today. And one of the ways that he does that it's by demonstrating his power in supernatural ways. You know, it doesn't take us long, and, and we've already journeyed a little bit kind of through Acts chapter 3 and 4. But I want to read off just in the first couple chapters what we've seen God do in supernatural ways in the book of Acts. Uh, first thing was this. They were speak, they began, the disciples began to speak in other languages when the Holy Spirit came on them. 
in that moment, they bore witness to the supernatural power of God on high. And they began to preach Jesus with boldness. Because, see, every power demonstration is an opportunity to lift the name of Jesus up. I love that that Simon had that song on his heart to lead this morning. What a powerful name it is, the name of Jesus. And you and I have the opportunity to let the name of Jesus wash over us and actually to wash out the dirt and the grime of the narratives of what we're listening to in this hour of fear, of, of looking for answers in all these other places, but be able to go, no, wait, but there's power in the name of Jesus. And this king is sitting on a throne, and he is sitting there not worried about what's happening. He's not surprised about what's going on. But in fact, what he's wanting to do is he's looking for you, people like you and me who aren't perfect, who are just vessels that are willing to be filled so that he could display his likeness and his glory through in such an hour as this. So they preached with boldness. Then in Acts chapter uh, 2, verse 42, it was said that the believers, they started meeting together. They, they had a sense of awe. And I want to ask you this morning, when's the last time you were in awe of what God was doing in your midst? If you're not, I would just beg you and plead you just to get on your knees before the Lord and just come to him, even in a spirit of repentance, and say, God, I've lost the awe and wonder of your glory and your beauty. Restore that to me. Restore that the, the love, the first love that I had in my heart when I first said yes to you. Restore the awe and wonder of what you're doing. This shouldn't be commonplace. The church isn't a place where things should be common and dull. When the Holy Spirit comes and endows us with power, there's a sense of awe. Because God is amongst us. He's working amongst us. Then it says that wonders and signs were taking place. Here's another thing that happens when the Holy Spirit comes on you that's supernatural. Listen to this. They were together and had all things in common. Sometimes we don't think about that. When we talk about what happens when the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon a people. I mean, come on. That's kind of funny. They had all things in common. All things in common. You know what that tells me? That means that there's a lot of other things that they all let go of so that they would have one thing that they all rallied around. They had all things in common. That's supernatural. The world is looking for that. But they're looking for it in, in all the wrong ways. Listen to this. They sold property and possessions and were sharing them with anyone that might have need. Beloved, when the Holy Spirit comes on us to bear witness to the resurrected Jesus, these are the kinds of things that begin to happen. The Spirit of God begins to move in us where we say, oh, my pocketbook, someone has a need? Here. Actually, not even this. I'm going to go home and sell that second vehicle that I have because someone is actually in need right now. Why? Because they had all things in common. Let's face it. That doesn't come naturally. That is a supernatural act, right? That's not something that most of us are like, yeah, yeah, wake up this morning. Yeah, Let's see what I can sell today to give to the poor. No. We need the Holy Spirit to come upon us to move us to bear witness to the beauty of Jesus displayed in the world around us. And I'll just, you know, kind of walk through the rest of these real quick. They were of one mind. They ate together. And in a world that is desperately looking uh, for answers, people that have oppressed people and people that have been oppressed, they're looking to say, 
Can we even eat together? Can we have some kind of commonality? Can there be peace in the midst of so much hurt? When the Spirit of God comes, the Prince of Peace comes, and he supersedes all the pain, all the trauma, and he does something supernatural within us, heals us, and allows us to look at a brother and sister, no matter background, no matter skin color, no matter culture, none of that. And look at them and see them for their inherent value because they were created in the image of God. That's it. How would Jesus look at them? The Holy Spirit empowers us to have an eyes like Jesus to look at them. Just like Peter and John. A little side thing here. Peter and John were walking. And you guys know this. In the, and, and, and it says that they were in Acts chapter 3. And there was a, a lame man right there. And I love it because the, the scripture tells us that they gazed at him. Intently focused their eyes on him. I wonder. If right then in that moment, if what was happening is the Holy Spirit was actually gazing through their eyes and they had a moment of going, this man has intrinsic value. Even though he sat here for 40 years of his life, not being able to move because he's been lame since birth, asking for alms. If Jesus was here, he would see that he was created in the image of God. And now I'm seeing him as one created with the image of God. And then the power of God flowed and we know the rest of the story. He stood up. And he walked. The Lord, oh, check this out. What happens when the Holy Spirit comes upon us with power and we bear supernatural witness to Jesus? Get ready for this one. They were glad and happy. <laughs> Come on. They were glad and happy. It said they were full of gladness. Oh, my goodness. I know Gary's big on this, and I love that. He's all about the joy of the Lord, and boy, do we need that. Even in the midst of the circumstances that go on, how do we bear witness? They had gladness in their lives. They had gladness. But let me tell you, this was not something that they conjured up by their own power and their own might. This was a supernatural gladness. This was something that came deep from within them, actually came from the very courts of heaven that God loved and actually sent his son in order to be deposited into our lives so that we begin to walk and move differently than ever before. So I just want to share just for a, a moment or two here some of the things that I've watched God do supernaturally. And I don't have time to share even remotely close to them. But this is my, again, my prayer, my hope this morning is that you would be encouraged. And that as we drive away today, that we would have an expectation to see God move in our lives. You know, I've been a believer since I was nine years old. Um, and I had a supernatural experience with Jesus. Uh, I, I, was, I went to a Christian school. It was a private school. And so I was very blessed to be a part of that. And I began to watch my friends give their lives to Jesus, which made me kind of go, what are they doing? Why are they getting baptized? And I even remember as a nine-year-old going, oh, man, I am a sinner. And I remember going, I don't want to go to hell. And that was my primary motivation to saying yes to Jesus. And let me tell you, that's not a bad motivation. Okay, that's not a bad motivation. Jesus uses all different kinds of things to get his children to come to him. Okay, I don't want to go to hell. I, th I think a lot of people, if they had a, a, a revelation of hell, they would say, sign me up. I'm, I want to know Jesus, right? And so that's what I did. And I, I, I remember understanding the gravity of my own heart and uh, the sin in my life. And I, I went through with a confession of Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I was baptized in the water and was raised. And, and the church I went to at the time then you took your first communion after a water baptism. 
And so afterwards, I got off, dried off, changed my clothes, and I went to the back, and um, one of the leaders there uh, just walked me through what communion was. And I took of the bread, and I took of the cup, and I remember in that moment, um, just like energy, not only flooding through my body, but surrounding me, where I experienced the presence of God for the very first time in my life. And it was in the midst of just acknowledging Jesus and the sacrifice that he made so that I could be one that was owned by him. That I would be one that was in him and he was in me. The one that was then, uh, my past had been forgotten, but I was clothed in righteousness. And in that moment, out of God's grace, I experienced something. It wasn't cognitive, but it was the very warming sense in the presence of God. And I remember, uh, uh, you know, and again, there's not a scale of supernatural like, ooh, that's a one. And ooh, now we're going to share a, a, a number 10 supernatural story. It's none of that. Because God works in all these different kinds of ways all the times. Right? But for me as a nine-year-old, I remember that's the first time that Jesus touched me in something that was out of the natural, that was out of what I could uh, um, understand with my mind. But his presence came upon me in a supernatural way. Um, and to be honest, the reason I share that, because um, after that, I may have had one or two moments where I really um, maybe experienced a supernatural presence of God in my life. Or saw him move in a supernatural way. I mean, yes, I saw salvations, and that's always, that's the most beautiful miracle of all. When someone says yes to Jesus. Because that's, the scripture tells us that's only done by the Holy Spirit working within us. And convicting us of our sins. He's the one that saves. And so I watched those kinds of miracles happen. But I didn't see too much else happen uh, until actually 2011. Until I was, let's see, that was, that was nine years ago. So I was like in my early 30s, okay? I had to do some math there. Um, and, and, then, and then God came upon us. Actually, that's when we were baptized, my wife and I, we were baptized in the Holy Spirit uh, for the first time in our lives that we can remember. And, um, and we began to watch God just begin to do just beautiful, beautiful things. And one of those things was this. Um, my father, a uh, wonderful man, uh, he had been a smoker his whole life. Uh, he was addicted to it. Uh, it. It had become his master. And it was one of those things for him that, like, he loved Jesus, but it was one of those things that just had a grip on his life. And the reason that you knew that, because anytime you would try to talk to him about that and, like, encourage him to quit or say, hey, maybe he would just get really angry, <laughs> you know, and get very, very defensive. And so um, it was just kind of one of those things our family just always would pray about um, with, for my dad because we wanted to see this thing broke off of his life. Because when we follow Jesus, nothing else should have control over us, right? And, and, and so, uh, but I remember our kids started praying for, them, for, my, for my father at a young age, and that had a big impact on him. But it, it was one night my, my wife actually had a dream. Just like in Acts chapter 2, it says when the Holy Spirit's poured out, uh, you will have dreams and visions, and, and you will prophesy. And, and at that time, uh, Tana had to s specifically start having lots of dreams. And one of those dreams was specifically about my dad. And I'm not going to go into all of it right now. But the interpretation of that dream was that we really felt like God was saying, now's the time I want to set your father free. I want to see this, this addiction that he's had since he was 17 years old um, set free. And, you know, the beautiful thing about it? is it was coming up upon his 60th birthday. And I'd already made plans to fly back to see my father. And, and again, we had this dream. We had this word of the Lord. And the Lord was like, I want to set your dad free. 
I've heard the cries. I've heard his cries. I've heard the cries of your family, and, and it's time for him to be set free. But he said, Aaron, I want you to go and see him, and I want you to share with him the testimony of Jesus. And so, again, for my parents, like the miraculous, that was not something that they were used to. Honestly, it was still something we were starting to get used to. So I flew back home to see my dad on, on his 60th birthday, and I began to tell him all the things that God began to do in our lives. The, the way we were hearing from the, the Lord. I shared with him the dream and, and some other dreams that we were uh, having at that time that God was just bringing to fulfillment. And, and, and his eyes were just huge like this, just listening. And my mom was there as well. So I finally looked at my dad, and, and I said, Dad, and, and, and Tana had a dream about you. And he just began bawling. I didn't even share the dream with him yet. He just began bawling right in front of me. And again, my dad was a, is a strong man. He's, a, he's an intense man. Uh, and I never have seen him cry before, uh, ever in my whole life. And, and, and I, that's all I said. But the presence of God filled the room, and it broke him. And I, I shared with him the dream, and then I shared with him, I said, Dad, I believe that today, if you're willing just to confess this, this bondage that you have in your life, that God's going to set you free from this. Uh, and this has been like a, like a, a 40, uh, 30, 40-some-year 40 addiction that he's had in his life that he had tried in his own power and might to let go of. And, um, and so I just laid hands on his chest, and I said, Dad, we're just going to pray a few things, and we're just going to... We're just going to get rid of this spirit of addiction. We're going to get rid of this nicotine spirit, and, and, but you have to confess it. And so he did, and in that moment, I had my hands on, I had one hand on his chest, one hand on his back. He's confessing, and we're praying for him. And I felt his chest just convulse like twice in, in a supernatural way. It wasn't, norm, it wasn't normal. And at this point, he's just a mess, like literal mess. And some of you may have experienced things like this or seen people like this, like there's tears and things running out of every orifice of his face, and it was just, it was wild. But what was happening, it was he, got, he started getting a smile on his face, because all of a sudden, Jesus had set him free. And that in and of itself was really beautiful, and I can tell you today, he hasn't touched a cigarette since that moment in his life. Not only has he hasn't touched one, he's never had the desire to touch one, not even to go back again to touch one. But here's the other part of that story that's really cool. So here's my mom sitting right there, and of course she's bawling because she's like, this is what we've been praying about forever. But you know what happened? Is my dad, after this moment of being set free, he turns and he looks at my mom, both just bawling in a mess, and he begins to confess sin to her. Some things that he had never confessed to her in her life. He began pouring out his life, just me, my mom, and my dad. And then my mom began to forgive him right then and there. Then my mom began to confess some things to my father that she'd never said before to him. And he began to forgive her. And all of a sudden, the fear of God came into the room to the place where I, I literally began just to move back. Because I had the sense of all of going, what is happening right now is only by the hand of God. Nothing, nothing could have spurred them on to just start spontaneously confessing and repenting and being drawn together like a couple before. All I thought Jesus was going to do was set my dad free from the addiction of smoking. But Jesus had other things in plan. Because he always does abundantly more than we can ever ask or imagine. It was a beautiful, beautiful moment. And for any of you that, are, um, that maybe have addictions or you have family members that have addictions, at the end of the service today, I want to pray for you. Because I believe that Jesus is the same one who broke, can break that, can break addictions in your life and break addictions in other people's lives. In Jesus' name. Because there's power in the name of Jesus. I, I, another interesting um, uh, testimony that I want to share with you is this. And some of you, that maybe this might be odd, 
but I want to share it anyways. Um, because just like we read in Acts there, and I reminded us, that one of the things that happens is signs and wonders start happening. What's interesting is we don't get too many pictures, I think, of all of the signs and wonders that took place in the text. We see the healing miracles. We see some of the deliverances. And I believe those are signs and wonders. Don't get me wrong. But I believe there are a lot of other supernatural things taking place. And the one of the reasons I believe that is because I've experienced that. So we were at a, um, I was at an event years ago in Washington, D.C., and, um, and as most of you would probably know, every now and then there's huge gatherings that they do at the Washington Mall where the, the Washington Monument, just that, that the, big, the big singular tower stands in, in front of Washington, D.C. And it was an event called Awaken the Dawn. And I went there with a friend, a mentor of mine, and it was, it was um, they had one big t- stage set up, and then they had individual little tents for every 50 states that were in the United States of America. And then they had nonstop prayer and worship going for three days uh, and, and people from every state leading worship in hour or two long blocks in every state, in, in every tent. It was beautiful. So you just walk around and you're seeing the, the name of the state there and you're just hearing incense arising and worship arising of Jesus. So I went to help out with the state of Indiana where I'm from. And um, um, it was late one night and uh, there weren't too many people out, but my friend was actually leading worship. And again, the, the tent's no bigger than probably 12 by 12 by 12 foot. It's, it's, it's not very big. But we're kind of crammed in there. One side's completely open, kind of like this lorry. And it was just beautiful. And we were just loving Jesus, worshiping him. And all of a sudden, I started to smell something. And it smelled like, like a, bottle of wa- a bottle of wine had been broken, like, right in front of me. Uh, and, and it was just really, really fruity, just very aromatic. And I just thought, I started looking around because I knew that they had had some communion things there. And I thought, man, somebody stepped on a communion cup or something, you know, something happened here. And I'm, and, and, but nothing's, nothing's there. And then my friend Dave, who was the one leading worship, he stopped uh, as singing. And he goes, does anybody else smell that? You, you guys smell that at all? And two other people go, yeah, 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 it smells like, like, like grape juice or it smells like wine. Like it's really strong. And he said, yeah, it does. I smell that too. And, it, and, and what happened after that, I, again, it's sometimes these things are really hard to explain in words. But God just loved to like come and, and, and he sat with us. He sat with us in that moment. He, he, there was something supernatural taking place that we could all smell, that we could all experience. And the only thing that could come to my mind biblically was we have the aroma of Christ. We have the new wine of the Spirit that is being poured out right now as we love on Jesus. And so for the next 30 minutes or so, he be- we just continually worshiped. And, and all of a sudden, like I said, there weren't many people around at this time. One or two or three people started showing up at our tent and stopping and worshiping. And then another couple, two or three. And then another couple, two or three. Next thing you know, there's about 25 people standing around our tent, being filled with the Holy Spirit, experiencing some of that gladness that I was talking about, all in respect to the powerful name of Jesus. And it, it, it was really one of those moments where I sat there and I was like, I was in awe. And I was like, God, wh- what is up with this sign and this wonder? You know, and I've heard this before. Some of you guys, have, uh, I'm sure, have used this before. But, you know, signs, what do they do? They always point us to something. When we experience things like that, 
they're always point there for us to have a sign posted to look right back at Jesus and go, Jesus, you're so beautiful. You're so majestic. Like, I don't even understand this. And like, what's a wonder? What does a wonder do? A wonder is something that makes us wonder. It's, it's, it's a, I, I don't understand what's happening right now, but all I know is that in an atmosphere of prayer and worship and an atmosphere of, of praising the name of Jesus, the whole tent began to spill and overflow with the scent and the smell of wine. And then this, 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 this spontaneous prophetic song started coming out of my friend about the Lord pouring out his new wine. It's interesting that in Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit was poured out, Everyone thought and they wondered, oh my goodness, are these guys drunk? Have they just broken open some new wine? And Peter stood up and said, no, no, no. He goes, this is the Holy Spirit. And let me tell you what the Holy Spirit's saying. The Holy Spirit is saying, Jesus is the Messiah. And there's only one name that can save you. Again, it was bearing witness to the name of Jesus. I want to share one more story. And again, these are kind of just all around. I, again, guys, and I know some of you have experienced this before. Um, uh, seen healings. We've seen we've seen little things healed. We've seen headaches go away. Uh, we've seen knees healed. There was a, a word I gave a couple weeks ago. Uh, the Lord gave me a word of knowledge about knees. Three people. Some of you might even be here tonight. Contacted me through the week and said it was just gone. They had knee pain that had been lasting for years, and all of a sudden they realized it was just gone. That's just what God does. He loves to touch people. But this is the last story, and then the band's going to uh, lead us with, a, with uh, a final word of worship. Um, some of you may know this, but we, you know, God called us here um, to come here to this beautiful nation in 2016, and it was quite the journey in getting here. Uh, lots of ups and downs, lots of challenges, lots of um, uh, consecration of our own hearts in preparation to coming. Um, but one of the most, uh, well, he did so many amazing things and miracles during that time. Um, but, but the one I'm going to share is about finances. So uh, when we first started raising funds, we raised 65% of what we needed to come here um, in like two and a half months, which was pretty unheard of in the r- missions realm of like raising funds, right? So we're like, Jesus, you're miraculous. We're going to be out of here in a few months, and this is going to be a sign and wonder into your name. And so we're like, woohoo, let's go. And uh, so, but like right then, when we kind of had that moment, two and a half months into it, the Lord spoke to us and he said, no, actually, I want you to stop. I don't want you to ask for one more um, person to help fund or one more church to help fund you. I want you to consecrate yourselves. And we're like, excuse me, Jesus, what did you just say? Like, this is going to be a sign. I want like, Jesus, what you're doing right now is miraculous. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want you to stop because I'm going to do something even deeper in your soul. How many can testify to those moments of your life? It seems like that's my constant. Anyways, um, so, so, so we stop. And so then for the next literal, like even more than a year, we go on this journey of consecration where the Lord says, you cannot ask anybody for a dime. But what we kept doing is we kept getting a sense and an impression as we'd pray and we had people pray over us and prophesy over us that God was going to miraculously take care of all the funding. And you're holding on to this word. And you're holding on to this word, looking like a fool, not working. People are starting to give to you, and you're going, what are you doing? Why aren't you working and trying to get to what God's called you to? It's because God spoke, and he told us to rest and to consecrate ourselves and not to ask for a dime. And it's foolish, some of the things that the Lord asks you to do, right, in the midst of this. But let me say this. The Lord is jealous for his glory. That's one of the reasons he loves to move in supernatural ways, because it catches people's attention. And, and if we capitalize on that moment by taking that attention and diverting it 
and to the person of Jesus, it gives glory and honor to him in a beautiful, beautiful way, right? And so, anyways, so, so we're waiting, we're waiting, we're waiting. L- literally, fast forward over a year, and it was in February of 2019. And we still don't have all of our funding. Some funding had come in, again, without us asking. And I went to this event down in Orlando, Florida called The Send. Like 50,000, 60,000 people were at it. It was all about activating people to go to the world in missions. It was this beautiful thing. And I had some friends that lived close by. So I went to this event. I was really encouraged by it. And I went and, s- and hung out with my friends. And it was in a place of worship and prayer. And um, uh, that night, my friend called me up. And he said, hey, this is my friend Aaron. None of you guys know him. But I want to pray in faith tonight that within the next week, they will receive 100% of their funding so that they can finish the task that God's called them to. I didn't ask him to do that. He didn't know the, the fullness of the journey that we were on. And so these young people, and if there's any young people out here right now, like literally like 14, 15, 16, 17, 18-year-olds, they all came and surrounded me and laid hands on me, began praying over me that we would receive all the funding that we needed within a week. I mean, of course, I was deeply touched. Um, so the next day I did what everybody else would do is if you were by the beach, I went and to the beach <laughs> down in Florida, what was really nice. And I was laying out there just kind of reminiscing and kind of going, God, you have to do this. That next, that day, the day after I got prayed for, the morning after I got prayed for, I received a call from a friend and he said, Aaron, he goes, how's it going? I said, good, man. And he goes, hey, have you guys received all of your funding yet to, to, to go? I said, no. He goes, well, listen. Um, I've been praying for you guys lately. The Lord's really brought you guys to my to 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 the forefront of my heart, my mind. And he goes, "Here's what we're gonna do." He goes, "I haven't talked to and he he leads he pastors a church." He goes, "I haven't talked to any of our finance team yet. I haven't talked to our elders." But he said, "I believe that God is saying that now's the time." He goes, "So whatever it is that you need uh, per monthly, he goes, our church will take care of it and provide for it for you guys to go." And, and, and here's the deal. I want to share, I, wanna, I, I actually want to share the amount with you because I think it's significant. It was about $1,500 a month that we still needed in order for our organization to launch us in, okay? And this church, which isn't like a ginormous church, I mean, it's, it's a decent size. They took a step of faith because they were listening to the word of the Lord, and the Lord came in and miraculously provided funding when the people of God were coming together praying, as we, we positioned our yes to a year of consecration, looking like fools, not asking for a dime, and the glory of God came in and provided something that we could have never provided for ourselves. But see, here's the deal. He's looking for people like you and me to partner with him, to say yes, to have a yes of faith and expectation in our hearts to begin to see him move. And, and that's it. He doesn't need 100% people that have got their act together yet because Lord knows I don't have my act together completely. I'm still being formed in the likeness of Jesus. But I'm open and, and almost daily I say, Holy Spirit, come upon me because I want to bear witness to Jesus. And the best way I can bear witness to Jesus is for your power to be poured out upon me, for your spirit to be poured out upon me so that Jesus would be seen as the resurrected one who is sitting in a supernatural place right now in a supernatural risen body doing supernatural things in the world today. Why? Because it's his desire to get glory and it's his desire to use you and me to partner with him in such a powerful way. So band, if you guys want to come on up, here's how I want to pray. Um, Some of you might be thinking going, 
uh, this like just like yes, yes, keep going. Like yes, we need this. And some of you might be going, I'm still trying to figure this all out in my head. Like I don't know Jesus like that. Well, here's the deal. In the Word of God, at the end of Acts chapter four, we see the disciples praying for the supernatural to happen. They they asked they asked Jesus. They say, God, fill us with boldness. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. Fill us with boldness and outstretch your hand so that signs and wonders and healing may be performed. They prayed for it and asked for it. It is not, it is, excuse me, it is okay and it's actually needed for us to say, God, I don't want to have to try to figure out the solution. I want to be like Peter and John and I, as I'm going and doing my everyday, I want to expect the spirit of God to show up and to demonstrate power in the world around us. And so here's what I want to do, and this is not an act of faith for me, but this is just an act of faith before Jesus to bear witness. If you are one that's in that place, and listen, it's not about people that just sit up here and stand up here that get to do that stuff. As we'll see later in the book of Acts, it was actually one of the men that the Holy Spirit used to do power demonstrations more than anybody else was, uh, was um, Stephen. And he wasn't one of the apostles. He wasn't one of the pastors. He was... He was just a a Joe Blow. He was just a normal, everyday guy. God wants to use us to bear witness through power. And when the world is looking and saying, is this the end of the age? Jesus is saying, I want to show people that the beginning of time and the end of time is still reigning and ruling on earth. And I want to demonstrate my power through you. So if that's just you and you just say, Jesus, use me. Like, I just want to be a vessel. Just, Just raise your hand in your car. And just say, I want to see your power poured out within me, and I want to have my faith arise to be used by you in supernatural ways, which means I will take faith risks. I will take steps and say yes to whatever it is that you want, because when we partner our heart with him, he begins to move in power in beautiful ways where Jesus gets all of the glory. So if that's you, you again, you don't have to just whatever. Just raise your little hand, and I'm going to pray for you guys. If there's addictions, uh, raise your hand. I want to pray for that. Uh, if there's finances that are needed, I want to pray for that. And then if you just were like, Jesus, I just want to meet you and I want to experience the fullness of your presence, just do that as well. So let's pray. So, Father, we love you. We thank you, Jesus, that you are supernatural. We thank you that you are so powerful that you can actually clothe us and make us righteous. That you actually put your nature inside of us. And that's your joy and your pleasure. And not only that, but that it's your joy and pleasure to have your spirit residing in us, to walk like Jesus, to talk like Jesus, to act like Jesus, to demonstrate the kingdom of God 